Blog Talk Radio. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and cool, step right up. Behind this curtain lies a ghastly concoction of delight, horror, fantasy, and terror. Your every wish is our command. Your every whimsical desire brought to life. But I'm warning you, there's always fright. Welcome to the greatest show on And welcome back to the greatest show on earth that is Talking Terror. As always, I'm your old pal, the King of Horror, Andy G, welcoming you to this episode of the show, where tonight we're going to be talking about the Ghoul Geek Keith film pick of the week, Tragedy Girls, from 2017 and directed by Tyler McIntyre. But before we get into all the hashtags and bodies that we could muster, first and foremost, we're joined by the bold and the beautiful, the Ghoul Geek Keith. Hi, welcome to the show tonight. You know, if you really want to really listen to us all the time, you definitely make sure to like and subscribe, okay, here at Talking Terror. Welcome, everybody, to Talking Terror. Good evening. <laughs> Howdy doody. Hashtag Terror Boys. We them boys. Q-X. Welcome to the show. Subscribe. <laughs> Hashtag Smash that like button, y'all. <laughs> Hashtag Terror Boys. Hashtag Kiss the Belly. <laughs> So, yeah, we're, we're doing it all. <laughs> but we're also joined by the psychotic simian, the mad monkey, the prince of Moore's day. Yeah, let's get funky with the monkey. Oh, yes, King, we will be getting funky tonight, but not as funky as the king feels when Megan Fox tells him that she has a wedding. But once again, here we are, the talking terror crew, ready to fulfill all of your deepest, darkest desires, like new toy release dates and horror news. But if you missed an episode, don't worry, baby, you can catch all of our past episodes in the Talking Terror Catacombs on Spotify and iTunes. And also, be sure to like and subscribe to Talking Terror on Facebook and Instagram, baby. Hashtag Talking Terror. What's up, my family? <laughs> that cocaine's hitting hard once again. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Got that special talk of terror brand cocaine. <laughs> Put it in your nose. <laughs> Only 99 baby laxative. Don't you worry, you'll take a sniff and shit your pants. <laughs> oh, damn. <laughs> well, that's a fun game to play. Take as many lactoses as you can. See how long it takes you before you shoot your pants. Ah, <laughs> uh, fuck. That's going to be the new Facebook challenge. <laughs> the lactative challenge. I'll put it this. <laughs> yeah, the lactative challenge. The lactative lap. <laughs> you know, take as many lactoses as you can and just see how long it takes you to get home on foot. You're <laughs> great. For, actually, man, it's fucking genius, dude. You fucking get, right? get set up at like a, at a high school somewhere. Nah, and you got to mm-hmm. take a lactative. After, at every yeah. lap, so you got to see do the most laps before they actually shit their fucking pants or take off to go to a fucking portage somewhere. <laughs> oh man, this is worth the Stephen King's walk. <laughs> yeah, I, I would love to see them. Either that, or you know, like an Ambien plus like an erectile dysfunction pill challenge, where you take both at the same time, and then just see how long it takes you to get a boner before you fall asleep. <laughs> you got to watch out with the ambient, man, because that whole sleepwalking thing and, like, being conscious while you're actually asleep, like, that whole fucking thing is completely weird, man. You might That's not what's going to make it more fun. Have, 
you might have somebody walking around completely looking like they're they're full on awake and full on aroused, but they're not even home, you know. <laughs> oh, sex zombies! How long before they walk into a Barnes and Noble? That's how you got a banana in your pocket. <laughs> all hopped up on Ambien and, and you know any kind of Viagra, and all of a sudden they're walking into a Barnes and Noble, going, oh. like, oh, oh, here it is. <laughs> It's a challenge. Knock, it's a sleep knock his books off the lower shelves, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, all these books. I don't want to touch them. He doesn't have any pants on. He's winning and pooing it right now. Mushroom stamping each one that says, like, you know, what the fucking signed. For signing him with his dick. <laughs> oh, there's a dickhead in my book. That must have been that sleep boner challenge. It's oh, a fucking bonus edition. B and N edition. Gives new meaning to it. It's going to go for a lot of money on eBay. I got my DNA edition. Look at the size of that dick. DNA. There you go. Man, I'm never reading this book again. It'd be worth a lot of money. Look at that dick. You can't. The pages are stuck together. <laughs> oh, 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 he came too. <laughs> that was the worst. <laughs> Man, he you know iced all those pages. Dude, it was, you know, you always hated yourself when you did it too. You were like, oh, why did I do that? I yep. just ruined this magazine. Man, yeah, yeah and then it's like. Especially if you sit there and, like, you know, grew up in, like, forts and tree houses like we did where you always had the stash, you know, up up there in the forts and tree houses. And then you come across one where the pages set together. It's like, oh, Eddie, was that you? He's like, no, man, I swear it wasn't me, man. It's like, well, I know it wasn't fucking me. Tommy, was that you? <laughs> no. Look me in the eyes, Tommy. Make eye contact, Tommy. We know it was you. Shut up. Shut up. I'm going home. I could be thankful that uh, I, I didn't have to share any of my uh, my, my magazines with, with anybody at all. And, uh, oh, I never did. Didn't necessarily no. experience that, but it, but it always was was an event. If like somebody you knew knew you had like a specific magazine or whatever, and they liked to peruse it, like whatever they would like come and hang <laughs> over, and it was like, oh fuck, you know, like I, uh, I uh, no, I don't have that issue anymore. My bad, man. I threw it out. <laughs> oh, yeah. I said, hold hold on. How come pages thirty two through thirty seven are missing? That's a funny story, you know. My bad. <laughs> <laughs> Gould is sitting on the floor of his room going through his collection. You wanted April of 1986. Ah, sorry, man. I only have 87. It was a good year, though. <laughs> it a good year. It a good centerfold year. Yeah. Besides the occasional, like, traveling to, to Freehold Borough to the train station, you know, like, the, the only reason I ever had any kind of, like, legitimate, sizable amount of, like, like actual book porn like that was, or magazines, anyway, Walking down Taylor's Mills Road one day, I had, uh, was on the I was on the other side of nine, so uh, the the Exxon side mm-hmm. of nine, the Lafayette Mills side I know where of that nine. Is. Yep. And uh, I don't know. I guess somebody ditched a box of their stuff out the back yard, <laughs> like 
over the fence of their house because, like, I just happened to look <laughs> off to the right and, like, spotted what looked like a bunch of mags. And I was like, oh, wouldn't it be funny if those were porns? And it was a slew <laughs> of, like, we. You know what I mean? Like, not like Playboy and, and, and like, high-end, like, penthouse. It was, like, that, that raunchy shit, like, type of magazine porn that was, like, yeah. It was, like, yo, how the fuck do I sneak all of this back to my house? <laughs> like, I stashed it behind a bush and, like, fucking smuggled a few issues, a few issues in at a shot. <laughs> yes, Dean. Hello. Welcome to the show. Welcome to Porn Wow. Oh, <laughs> Oh yeah, yeah. Welcome aboard, Dean. Thank you. I've just been in, in, enjoying the 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 trip down Spank Memory Lane. <laughs> um, listening, listening to yeah, you. Where know. did you stash your jack rags? <laughs> so, uh, no answer. I never really <laughs> from the Dean. <laughs> well, um, um, you know, it's, I gotta like get into the the memory banks here. It's been a bit. Uh, <laughs> I have to say <laughs> that uh, you know we didn't have much um, print uh, editions uh, stashed in the house. Uh, there was a and and I don't I don't and I guess just because of the elements, but there you know there were some uh, that someone else obviously had stashed. Uh, in the trails around my house outside that were, you know, had seen, uh, that had seen like the elements, the rain and, and, and whatnot that were quite gross uh, that we had stumbled upon one time, but we, but we left them there. We did not take them. Uh, we did not take them with us. So, um, yeah. you know, well, yeah, you can't pick up strange women in the woods, there was, man. <laughs> there was a time, uh, there was a time when my father uh, was working uh, for, for this mortgage company and like the office uh, was in this like very small like corporate complex, um, and uh, I don't, I unfortunately don't remember the name of the company, but one of the other companies in this little corporate complex of where there was maybe six different companies uh, was in in the porn distribution business, uh, and Ooh, right. back in. This was back in the '90s, and if you looked in the in the if you like walked up the stairway, there was like an outside steps on the back of the building, uh, and if you walked up the stairway, you could see down into the dumpster. And looking down into the dumpster, you could see like all kinds of like discarded, uh, you know, like the old school like big box porn boxes like in the dumpster. Uh, just piles of, and, you know, I don't think there was any tapes in them, but we also didn't dive into the dumpster. But also, like, boxes that didn't get used, or maybe things that had misprints. Uh, yeah, for real. Uh, the company was called, like, I'm going to try I'm gonna try to do some, some searching during our show, because it was three letters. It was, like, B-H-V, uh, or, or B-D, it was, like, it was, it was three letters, Industries. You know, it was like WHD Industries or BBD Industries. Like, it had three letters, and I just don't remember what they were. But I'm going to – no, not BBD. I'm going to try to figure it out. But it was a porn distribution company that was based right in Manalathan. Right in Manalathan. I remember you telling me about this when your dad worked at that place. And I remember being like, oh, dude, we got to go. 
It was not far. <laughs> what was the name? What was the name of the deli across from Seraphin's Gulf? Was that like the Colonial Deli or Battleground Deli? If you pass, yeah. if you pass Battleground Deli on the right, like heading towards Freehold, then there was like a little post office. Maybe the post office was first, but you pass the deli, and then there was post like a big open field. Yeah. Then, so mm-hmm. there used to be. Then there was like a big green field. Uh, that was called the Village Green, and they used to have kids' soccer there, but apparently, like, I don't know, like, toxic waste or something was buried under the ground, so they couldn't play soccer there anymore. <laughs> but right after the driveway for Good that big field was the driveway for this little corporate place back there. So there was, like, Mortgage America, the mortgage company, and then, like, a couple of other companies, and, and that important company. So uh, I, re- I remember that. All the free porn you could handle if you get past all the sticky stuff. The <laughs> we had a dive into the dumpster. Do, all you got to do is just, fish, just sitting there with a fishing rod off the steps and trying to get them out. What'd you get? I got a penthouse. I got a hustler. Oh, right. Friday. <laughs> Go home and read it. I've got a box of cum girls 16. No. <laughs> On beta. Oh, yeah. That doesn't find that <laughs> Hell yeah. Come over to the sleepover. <laughs> We're all going to awkwardly watch porn together and not try to jack off. <laughs> no, I'm going to go to the bathroom. <laughs> I'll be back in five minutes. <laughs> that was always the weirdest part, yeah. Especially in, like, in your teenage years. And was like, I found a porn. I was like, I want to watch with you. No. <laughs> Take it home. I'll borrow it. This could be like Blockbuster. Like, I'll rent it for the weekend, and then I'll bring it back. <laughs> sit in your room and watch yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, that's like a, that's, that's a whole, like, fucking weird, interesting dynamic when, when you really break it down, which just makes, like, mm-hmm. theaters in the 70s and early 80s in New York, like, all the more, like, just bizarre, you <laughs> yeah. know? Like, I, I, just, I, I know personally, like, I could just never really fathom walking into, like, a movie theater mm-hmm. with a bunch of other people knowing that they're all sitting there yanking their chain, and I'm sitting there looking at the screen <laughs> yanking my chain. Like, man, like, nah, bro, I have enough fucking trouble, like, pissing if somebody comes and walks next to me in the fucking, you know, <laughs> next to me, you know, let alone yeah. fucking maintaining a full-on chub and fucking going to town. That's how Pee Wee Herman got arrested. So, I mean, I get it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah, you know, you try to, you know, you just try to make that awkward exit and you see it. you're trying to weave. Oh, oh the floor <laughs> No, it's everywhere. Right? He's, making a, he's, he's making a run for it. There goes the gum bandit. <laughs> You'll never catch me. <laughs> I'm the wet bandit. <laughs> yeah. Sticky oh, bandit. New, fucking me- new meaning to the sticky bandits. <laughs> <laughs> never catch the cum bandit. <laughs> it could be a new comic book Fuck series for Marvel. The cum bandit. Wet to it, bitches. <laughs> 25 cent feature. Cum bandit. <laughs> Cum bandits, the ice pirates. <laughs> ice pirates equal the cum bandits. Oh man, I was paid for that. Like, wow, this is drastically different from what I remember. <laughs> In the far, far, so far future, water is no longer a problem. 
Now we just can't find come. Oh, it's just, every time we try to come, it comes out like sand. We need to find the one who can produce come. <laughs> oh. Oh, say, how wow. the fuck do they still get Robert or Yurik in it? <laughs> yeah. We need to find the cocaine. She has the sperm. I think, I think you should never enter the cum king kingdom. I went to spew and it was just like a puff of dust. Sorry. <laughs> I, I apologize now to any ladies that are listening because, man, what a, what a horrible fucking show to have to listen to for the first 15 minutes. Poor and fucking dusty spew. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I can't wait to listen to Talking Terror. I heard all about it. It's going to be great. Yeah, then I came dust. Well, turn that off. Moving on. That's what we bring to the table. <laughs> Buckle up. Yeah, that's how Hashtag we handle it. We're like fucking children. Hashtag <laughs> yeah. cum dusters. you got to find the cum dusters. Get into the cum king in the cum kingdom. Who shall see the cum king? See that? I can't do it. Some king will help for a price. Fifteen porno mags in that dumpster. No, no, some king. That's a challenge. See, that's a movie. Oh, <laughs> somebody contact Marvel. Indeed. <laughs> no, right, somebody contact. Uh, so you're here. Somebody contact Full Moon. <laughs> Oh, they'll, they'll do it. They'll definitely make a Come King movie and a fucking sequel and a, a book tie-in and action figures that like squirts fucking like liquidy shit out of the pans like for some reason. You don't know why. You don't know if it's cum or if it's soap and water. The Come King shall not succeed to the Ooga Booga. Evil Bong, Come King commands you. Ooh, baby. Now, what the fuck movie is oh, this? Oh, no, you didn't, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody tells Evil Bong what to do, baby. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. I don't care if you are the Come King. <laughs> All right. All right. So, Dean, <laughs> you're here. I know you have some horror news, so what are we talking about tonight? Uh, there's so many things to talk about tonight. Uh, King of Horror, but the oh, first so thing I can't wait. I'm excited. I want to talk about, uh, you know, we we we've talked about many uh, properties that this uh, famous film composer has been involved in, uh, music that uh, is just uh, ingrained, uh, musical scores that are legitimately ingrained in the consciousness of human beings throughout the globe. Mm-hmm. Uh, John Williams, uh, yeah. after completing work on the upcoming Indiana Jones 5 film, uh, no! is very possibly hanging up the <laughs> baton and retiring uh, from from film composition. Not bad. Well, the dude's only like 100 I know years old, man. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say. Yeah. He's like a thousand. Yeah, he... he yeah, he did music for the uh, latest Star Wars series, Obi Wan. Mm-hmm. Oh, see, I I didn't know that. <laughs> I thought he and, died. And now you do. And knowing's half the battle. <laughs> yeah, he's currently well, he's sure currently ninety. Williams? No, stop a second. <laughs> there you go. He's, 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 he doesn't know when to hang up. He's currently ninety years. Wow! Wow! God bless him. <laughs> ninety years old. <laughs> Put the fucking baton down, dude. Retire. This just sounds like Indiana Jones Temple of Doom soundtrack. It is, but I put more drums in it. 
<laughs> yeah, I mean, he never wow, stops composing. It's like, well, what the hell is he spending all his money on? <laughs> you know, it's, he's definitely told he's spending on whores and cocaine. Cocaine. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, yeah, just a lot of cocaine. <laughs> just staying up all night. I got a great composure for the next Indiana Jones movie. It's going to be epic. <laughs> This just sounds like Star Wars shit. I know, but it's different because it has an oboe in it instead of a tuba. Oh, wow, you're uh, a genius. I know. Yes, but as I was saying, uh, his music, some of the most recognizable music uh, throughout the planet uh, that has ever been created. So I just wanted to mention that. Absolutely. Uh, you know. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, good for him. You know, hanging up, and, and that's good, so... Good for John Williams collecting those paychecks and, and making some iconic music. I, I can't think of any right now, but, you know. I, Jaws, uh, dude. He did the theme of you know. Jaws. Jaws, Star Wars, Indiana Jones. Donna, I mean, Donna. You know, wow, he did that? He did Jurassic Park. He did the Harry Potter series. Like, uh, and, and no, I cannot sit here and recall, like, the Harry Potter uh, music in my head, but like the Raiders of the Lost Ark. <laughs> True. Yeah. Well, there you go. Okay. But the Indiana Jones well, the and the Star Wars, Indiana Jones and the Star Wars and Jaws, like that's some of the most globally recognized music that's ever been fucking created. Like as, as yeah. far as the like entire if fucking globe. aliens ever land on this planet, that's the kind of shit we want to play to them because you know what? Everybody knows it. You know, we figure they've probably seen the fucking movies too. They probably hate <laughs> if aliens. We do. If aliens land on this planet, that's probably the music that will be playing when they land. See, perfect. Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know. Yeah, the quick encounters. You know, before they kill all of us and claim this planet as their own. I'm thinking, I'm like, oh, you know, sweet, John Williams music. Thank you, He wrote guys. the music to fucking E.T. Yeah, so, so we're, we're good. Right. And uh, in, a, in, a, in a whole host of, of the, the very popular 1970s uh, disaster movies, including The Poseidon Adventure and The Towering Ooh, Inferno yeah. and The Paper Chase and Earthquake and... Uh, the one, uh, the one with the, um, the, the Super Bowl and the blimp, uh, Black Sunday, um, yes, Close Encounters, okay. yes, um, Superman, the original Superman. Um, mm-hmm. Okay, help us that's believe a, that's a man a classic, fly. <laughs> yes. So yeah, um, and I think you said E.T. Yeah, I've I've never yes, seen that movie e. all the way through. Uh huh. What? The Witches of Eastwick. Remember, uh, Empire never never story. Uh, <laughs> as I'm looking to, not necessarily some of the stuff uh, that has been on our radar, but uh, mm-hmm. you know, as I'm looking at his list here, things I know that were tremendously popular in their time: uh, The Accidental Tourist, um, excellent film with Tom Cruise, born on the Fourth of July. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> wow, really? I didn't know he did the that. Shit. Yeah, right? uh, I didn't know either. Uh, Steven Spielberg's film Always, uh, oh, Robert shit. De Niro film uh, Stanley and Iris, um, no Harrison Ford popular film in 1990 Presumed Innocent. Uh, when I was talking about no, like adult uh, recently, when we were talking, I don't remember how it came up, but I was talking about how like that mid to late 80s through the early 90s was like prime time for thrillers for like an adult audience. Like Presumed Innocent is one yeah. of those for sure. 
Uh, I did not know that he, or I probably know, but didn't recognize uh, that he did the music for Home Alone. Uh, he did the music for oh, Hook, wow. for JFK, for Far and Away, Jurassic Park, Schindler's List, uh, Sleepers, Rosewood. Like, the list just goes up. Saving Private Ryan. Um, yeah, he's a big, big Spielberg. Minority Report. That's for sure. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. Can, uh, War of the Worlds. Uh, a lot of work with Spielberg. <laughs> but anyway, uh, like I said, um, you know, the Star Wars and Indiana Jones and Jaws, uh, like that's some music right there that for real, like, is maybe like... Uh, you know, some of the most recognizable music ever. Cultural zeitgeist, mm-hmm. man. Cultural zeitgeist. Well, yes. And he deserves to have a good retirement. You know, I'm excited for him. But, yeah. And okay, again, yeah, yeah I, I have not seen E.T. all the way through. One day, if you guys make it a pick, I'll, I'll watch E.T. all the way through. I I'll don't know how we get there and uh, twist E.T. into uh, our adjacent. <laughs> I've got oh. an alien in it, so it's like halfway there. It's easy enough for fucking alien invasion, man. It just subverts the fucking will and desires of a young boy. Think about the uh, the the parasitic style attachment that him and and Elliot have. You know, as as ET starts to get sick, so does Elliot. Now imagine if we had more of those things down here attaching to other human beings. We'd all be fucked. He was here to take over. He was not the friendly alien that you think he was. He was a Jedi in training. Yeah. What are you talking about? <laughs> well, I know that the sequel that they had planned was about his like whole like uh, alien race coming to Earth and destroying everything. And I was like, why did we get that one? <laughs> I just keep thinking about E.T. being friendly and eating uh, Reese's Pieces. Uh, I don't know anything else about that movie other than that. And that Drew Barrymore oh, and D. Wallace. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I, I always like I remember I, as a kid trying to get through it and I just couldn't. I was like, this is stupid. I love the movie. I'm a big fan. But you know what? I, I will be honest. I have not watched it all the way through in many a year. So far as I have not even seen the uh, – like the, I've never actually watched the movie with whatever edition where they've changed all the fucking guns. Oh, walkie-talkies. oh okay. <laughs> what? Yeah, you should, what you you should hear the di- – no, don't worry about it. We'll get cover it when we get to it. Yeah, you should, man, you should have heard the diva sitting there yelling and cursing at the TV when that fucking shit popped up. Because she fucking Ooh, loved it. She lost, she, she <laughs> lost her weird. shit when we, uh, you know, like, did the ride at, you know, Universal Studios and stuff. You know, she was so fucking happy to be on that goddamn ride. <laughs> and then we watched that movie because it was on TV. And then, yeah, when that scene came up, she was like, oh, oh, no, no, this is fucking bullshit. I was like, you know what happened, baby. You know they did it. She was like, no, but I never thought I'd have to see it. She immediately stopped the movie, pulled out the VHS tape. Made me get out the VCR, and she goes, no, fuck this. We're watching the original. <laughs> oh, <boy. laughs> <Why is> there... <laughs> All right, dude. Right, <laughs> All right. So, uh, in the world of uh, Scream 6, which is currently filming uh, in Montreal, uh, a common tactic to film on the cheap but have your film set in New York City, uh, directors uh, Matt... Nelly Open and Tyler Gillett have uh, brought one of their Ready or Not cast members, uh, Henry Cizerni, uh into the fold for Stream 6 in what's going to be an, uh, a, so, a thus far uh, unannounced role 
and also as okay. we talked about in uh, our in our in our in our messaging chat, uh, strong rumors abound that uh, Nev Campbell uh, is part of this project in secret. Uh, to to what role or capacity we we do not yet know, uh, but that also has not yet been confirmed. So, uh, but big rumors surrounding that at this time. Yeah, that's a big if true. Because she was adamant about not getting the right pay. Yeah, that's why she wasn't going to be a part of it. So, big if true, she actually well, did sign been, up. Yeah, you know. it's been you know it's been interesting because uh, the first the you know once the project was announced in general, uh, you know Courtney Cox yeah. had signed on pretty much right away, and uh, the the word was that excuse me the word was that Nev Campbell and I quote was waiting to get a chance to read the script. Uh, when the first right. talk started that she was maybe not going to be involved, uh, the word was, and I believe that the language was used, was that uh, she did not believe that the script did uh, Sidney Prescott justice, uh, that she was not right. happy with the script. Yep. But then when the word came that she was not doing the project, that had to do, uh, that was when they talked about, uh, you know, her not necessarily uh, being offered the kind of money uh, that she felt that she is warranted given her uh, history with the franchise and at this stage of career, you know, obviously, um, you know, there was no numbers talked about and, and, and whatnot. And I'm sure we're not talking about, you know, millions upon millions upon millions of dollars, but you know, uh, that maybe has all just been, uh, you know, stuff to put out into the world to keep the the franchise name in the forefront of the consciousness in the horror genre right now. Who knows? Uh, but for me personally, who still, uh, you know, hasn't seen all of the screams, I've still not seen Scream 4, uh, you know, hmm. who for the most part enjoyed the most recent one. Uh, right. Given that I've been, I saw the first Scream in the movie theater, and so I've been seeing these movies for a very long time. Uh, I can't fathom, uh, as long as they're still uh, running threads from the original storyline, like, can't see a Scream film happening without Nev Campbell while Nev Campbell's still alive in the real world. Um, so I wouldn't be shocked in any way if she was back. On the phone. Yeah, yeah, I, I definitely think that I could see a Scream without her. And I would actually like a screen movie without her and without Courtney Cox. You know, let's make something without the legacy characters. And I think it all came down to the fact, like you had said, Dean, she read the script, wasn't up to what she thought about Sydney's legacy. And I guarantee you, she was probably the cold kill at the beginning. They were just going to take her out in the beginning, and then she's gone. So she probably read that and said, eh, you know what, I'm not happy about that. And then turned it into, well, you're not going to pay me for it either, so I'm out. So, but like you said, it could be a smoke screen. Could be a whole thing where it's like, surprise, she is in this movie, and we're going to see her, you know, in, in uh, New York City where the movie's going to take a place. But I don't know. I think you could do a Scream movie without, without them. Like, they were barely in Scream 5. I mean, they didn't really make a big impact, you know, in that movie. You know, I, I was happy with the characters we got. Like, I was kind of upset when they showed up, and it's like, okay, the legacy characters are here. The real Scream people are here, so we can just take a sidestep and see what's going on with them. It's like, you don't need them. And Billy Loomis's ghost, he didn't need it either. Oh, I liked it, though. I think mean, the weird force ghost of Billy Loomis showing up every couple of seconds with his fucking bad 90s hair, you know, just trying to tell his daughter to kill people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
but we'll see. You know, 2023 is going to be good for Scream 6. It's coming, so we'll see what happens. But All right, what's next, Dean? What are we talking about? Uh, we are talking about the fact that uh, the Black Phone, Hell yeah, uh, was good. You know, which, which is estimated to have had a budget in the 16 to $18 million uh, range, uh, you mm-hmm. know, in its Thursday through Sunday uh, totals has pulled in uh, just shy of, of $30 million. So they've almost doubled uh, their, awesome. their, their output um, already, uh, also with, with uh, positive uh, reviews. Uh, so uh, an original story here, uh, you know, in the horror world making – uh, making some some profit and doing very well. Be curious to see where they end up uh, financially. I'll be. Look, I'm also curious to see the film. Uh, also, oh, yeah. uh, you know, I was reading today that in some ways they're thinking of this as uh, the the summer of horrors. That there are uh, at least seven, um, you know, pretty pretty at least seven horror movies coming out this summer that have a little bit of a like name cachet and talent involvement with them, mm-hmm. uh, including obviously uh, Jordan Peele's Nope. Uh, yes, next month. Something, yeah, uh, there's, I think it's an A24 film coming soon called Bodies, Bodies, Bodies. Um, yeah. yeah. There, is, there is, I guess, a, a, a nature lion uh, hunting man uh, film with uh, Idris Elba uh, called Beast. Beast, yeah. Um, Can't wait for that coming, And a few others. So, uh, you know, uh, as far as and these are films that are going strictly theatrical, none of the like none of the, none of the mm-hmm. day and day release, uh, not streaming. So uh, it's interesting to see what happens. So looking forward to see the Black Phone, uh, King. I know, I know, I know. I believe that you're the only person on Talking Terror that has seen it this far. I know you were pleased, uh, but I will be looking forward so far, to yeah. checking that one out. If, uh, the opportunity very arises pleased. for me. Yeah, very pleased with it. I, I recommend it to you guys in the group chat. Definitely go see it if you can. If it comes out in digital, eventually rent it. Oh, man, I, I just, it was such a good movie. A lot of suspense. And actually, I had a jump scare that actually got me. And it's been years since I've had a jump scare get me. And this one, like, it was just, it came out of nowhere. And I was like, you know what? I'm glad. <laughs> I'm glad that somebody was able to get me with a jump scare. It's so rare, you know, that I jump out of my seat, you know, in any kind of particular horror movie. And this one did it. I just wish that they had AC in the theater that I was in because that was like 95 fucking degrees. Dude. I was sweating. The entire time, <laughs> like this sucks. I was like, I want to watch the movie and have AC. I was like, Yeah, no. I was like, I was melting in my seat, but I was like, I just want to enjoy this movie. Right. So, all right. What next are we talking about? Uh, what's next are we talking about? The that's what we asked. Uh, what's that? <laughs> that's what we asked you. What next are we talking about? Come on, Dean, spit it out. All right. Well, I was answering my question with a question, you know, because that's a very, you know, Ooh. very lauded uh, conversational skill. Uh, anyway, uh, Michael Rooker. serious. Uh, <laughs> Michael Rooker um, and uh, Henry, portrait of a serial killer uh, director, John McNaughton, are reuniting. Um, you know, Henry, portrait of a serial killer, considered to be, you know, one of oh, the disturbing yeah. films uh, that is so out good. there in the universe. Uh, they are reuniting for a some type of vigilante horror thriller uh, titled Road Rage. 
at this time. And, uh, you know, they, th- those two have made some, some twisted stuff together, and it'll be curious to see uh, what, they, what they're able to do this time. Yeah, it's a Road Rage movie. I mean, can it be any better than Unhinged with Russell Crowe? I hope so, because that was hits. Such a good movie. <clears throat> so any type of Road Rage movie I'm excited for. But I think the ghoul saw that, too, because I remember talking about it. Like, <laughs> Russell Crowe needs to make more movies like this. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Insomnia, uh, not insomnia, uh, unhinged. Uh, yeah, it's, it's one that yeah. I want to uh, eventually uh, make a pick. It's uh, just, just haven't oh, yeah. found the right right time yet to to do so. Mm, Summer heat good. hasn't gotten hot enough to invoke road rage yet. <laughs> yeah, wait until August. You know when we're all just fucking sweaty assholes and we just want to talk about a movie about a guy going crazy. <laughs> That's like the perfect time to do it. But, yeah, I recommend the Unhinged and looking forward to seeing whatever Michael Rooker does because, I mean, I know I am a huge Michael Rooker fan. I'm sure you guys are too, but I think that guy does. I'm Mary Poppins, y'all. Yeah, it's always, it's, always, it's always fun when Michael Rooker shows up. He's very, very versatile. He's been in all kinds of shit throughout the years. Yeah. yeah. Big movies, little movies, he's been in everything. But All right, so stay tuned for that. What else is next? What are we talking about? Uh, let's see. Uh, so, Stranger Things. Uh, we, you know, there's been so much talk uh, with the current uh, this Stranger Things season, uh, with the next, uh, the final two uh, episodes of this season already are here uh, this week on Friday. But, uh, you know, the first portion of uh, the this fourth season has set the internet ablaze with the apparent mistake uh, that the Duffers have owned up to with the uh, complete and total disregard for Will Byers' uh, birthday, uh, which has been known since the first season that that character's birthday is March 22nd. And uh, in the fourth season, March 22nd came and went with nary a mention of his birthday from mom uh, and any of his friends in any way. And, uh, you know, this is a kind of detail that I would never pick up on. Uh, but the, no. there's, there's a you know a huge contingent of obsessed Stranger Things people, and they figured that out right away. And the Duffers have said that it is possible that they are going to go the George Lucas route and go back and make a change uh, and change Will's birthday to cover up their mistake. They said they believe that in the in the original episode where his birthday date was mentioned by Renona Ryder's character, uh, that they can dub in uh, into Renona Ryder's mouth the word uh, May instead of March, uh, and and fix their mistake. And they did admit, and they will not say when and where, that they already have gone the George Lucas route and have gone back and made some changes. Uh, even some changes in season four. They did say that what they did change in some of the early episodes of season four uh, was visual and not story related. Uh, and they said that the complete and total disregard of Will's birthday makes absolutely no uh, makes no sense in, in the narrative sense. Uh, so they do feel that, that, that maybe they should change that. Um, in the grand scheme of things, I personally don't know that it necessarily matters, but uh, people were up in arms. No. So yeah. Will Byers' birthday. 
or they should make <laughs> no, or they should make a, <laughs> they should make a mini episode where it's like sixteen candles and they forget Will's birthday and he has a whole little episode there about how come no one remembers my birthday and there's a thing going on about the upside down about everyone forgot Will's birthday. <laughs> All the Demi Gorgons are freaking out. What do I get him for his birthday? I don't know. Oh, his birthday's coming up. We have a mark on the calendar. Jesus. How about you give him a fucking different haircut? And forget the birthday. Give him a fucking better haircut. <laughs> yeah. There you go. I think I mentioned this on the the show last week uh, where this came up, but uh, Will Byers uh, in Stranger Things, uh, played by actor Noah Schnapp, apparently like approached, mm-hmm. approached uh, the Duffers or whoever's in, involved in that shit and was like, hey, can we maybe please uh, like do something about <laughs> this hairstyle? And they were just essentially like, sorry, kid. That's what's what. Oh, that's cool. Uh, so, that's cool. So they, they left him <laughs> yeah. with, with that hairstyle. And I just punched Never his name late. into... I just punched my name here into his into the internet machine because uh, I needed to get the actor's actual name because I, I did not know it off the top of my head. And I I, I do see some photographs of, of him from the first season to now. And, uh, you know, the, the Duffers did say that for the fifth season of Stranger Things, it's going to be absolutely necessary uh, that, there, that there is some type of uh, time jump, uh, you know, given the, the growth, True. the physical yeah. growth. Uh, and maturity of all of the the actors, uh, and you know the the pretty much year and a half that was lost uh, filming that was lost because of the pandemic. Because as I look at a picture of Will from the first season to now, and all of them, of course. But when you really like, I haven't watched the first any of the early uh, right. any Stranger Things. I've only watched it all one time, right when it's come out. So my me- my my memory of what they all look like in the first season is like not totally sharp. Like, I look at them now, and, like, yeah, it's the same characters, but if you go back and look at pictures of them from the first season, they're, like, tiny little children uh, compared to what mm-hmm. they are now. So yeah, uh, the Duffers yeah, did, absolutely. I did want to bring up that the Duffers did say that there was going to be a, a time jump between the fourth and fifth season. Oh, this poor kid can't go into the 90s with a bowl cut. Like, you, you can't go into the 90s <laughs> with that cut, dude. you got to give him a better haircut. Yeah, let's flick it back a little bit. Well, yeah, interesting thing will I mean, be, too. Which one of them will, mm-hmm. will survive? Which one of them will survive? You know, if do, do, as long as Eddie Munson survives, I'm good. We we shall see. We shall see. There, there was I'm a hoping. Little something something dropped see. by the buffers. The, the duffers On today. So. Fingers crossed that Eddie makes it through. Chance to get into it. Um, yeah, no, it is on the way. It's, yeah, this Friday, we have the, the last two of this season, and was off, we also have the boys coming out on Friday. So, man, it's going to be a, a big weekend. Yeah, the last two episodes of Stranger Things and the boys. I mean, I'm looking Speaking forward to seeing boys, how they... they is, is, is everyone caught up on the boys? Did everyone watch this past week? Yeah. Yes. 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 So, yeah, yeah, so I wouldn't have sent... I wouldn't, I wouldn't <laughs> so, have sent... I would not have sent yeah. to the group the, the VOD the VOD uh, public uh, service announcement if I knew everyone yeah, right. was not caught up. So I, I knew everybody was caught up. Yeah. So, so fucking hero gasm. Oh, yeah. Holy shit, man. This episode. Holy. Yeah. <laughs> A whole lot of fucking going on. It was everything I yeah. hoped it would be. 
<laughs> See, I, and again, you know me, I, I never read the comic book for this or, or whatever it was. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so I had no idea what hero gasm was other than knowing that it was the title uh, of the next episode. And, and, you know, obviously I hear hero, hero gasm. I'm thinking, I think to the, to, to the, the Kevin Smith line, you know, when, uh, when, when in, in wall rats, when he's talking about Superman, you know, blowing his load like a fucking shotgun. Um, and, uh, you know, that, that to me is, is a fucking hero gasm, you know? Uh, so, 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 so for it to have been a, a gigantic, large scale superhero fucking orgy was just absurd. It was the kind of thing that was like so funny. I couldn't even like laugh because it was just like comedy <laughs> yeah. overload as to what I was fucking seeing on that screen. Mm-hmm. And I will make a suggestion too. Uh, my suggestion would be to go back to the episode and watch the hero gasm sequence again and just try to look at other shit that your eyes are drawn to. Because if you do that, you will find that there's all kinds of crazy, like, you know, when you watch any movie or show, like your eyes are obviously going to be drawn to different things. But if you go back and make a conscious effort to like, look at shit that your eyes are not drawn to, like you will see all kinds of hilarity going on, like around the focus. Also. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because when we went in, the diva and I had no idea that this week's episode was called Hero Gasm or that there was anything going on. So we just went in blind, and then the disclaimer came up. You know, we were like, you know, like the goal I put onto the group chat, and we were like, wait, what the fuck? And then we get into it, and we were like, oh shit. <laughs> Yeah, you know, you know, you're in store for something fucking special when when they're giving you a warning ahead of time. I just have to give credit to to the boys and to the social media. Like the dean posted that thing in our group chat about the official Vought statement about Starlight, but they also have it that Black Noir's uh, Twitter feed has gone dark. You know, since last week's episode, uh, he's, uh, he's in the week. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Listen in action. Am I a baby? He knows what's coming. He's like, oh, fuck. See ya. <laughs> if you need me, don't call me. Yeah. <laughs> like, know, it's, yeah. you know, it's, so. it's just in general when it comes to, to the, the boys, what I, what I do want to say is that while, like, I, I don't know how I feel about this format of the weekly episode release versus a full season episode dump uh, because most anything right. that I watch, uh, one, anything that I watch, I'm usually behind the eight ball anyway, so it's usually always already available all to stream. But the, but the, but the mm-hmm. weekly releases, I don't know, like, if I like it, like, do I, like, I think, like, in some, in some way, I enjoy having this to look forward to every Friday for the new episode, but also, like, I want to watch it all, but there's also the piece that if I watch yeah, I, I would probably watch it, be able to watch it all in like two shots. Then, but then it's, then it's over for like another like a year and a half or something, you know. So yeah. Um, but I've been enjoying the hell out of the season, and uh, I think it's I think it's just great. And I'm curious to see actually. I know I know we're, I know we're not a a the boys uh, show here, but I am curious to see what they continue Don't to do with arc. with A Train's <laughs> uh, story arc, uh, given what happened with A Train mm. at Hero Gasm and when he left Hero Gasm and Blue Hawk. So I'm curious. I'm curious. Yeah, of course, <laughs> well, but well, we know I'm, what I'm, happened I'm, to Blue I'm, Hawk. 
<laughs> we don't have the blue lock, but I'm I'm curious to see what direction what they do with A Train because uh, you know he's such a, a he's a character from the beginning that has been so I feel like universally despised uh, that mm-hmm. this season and they're doing that thing where they're maybe uh, trying to you know have a have a have a have a character evolution and 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 I'm trying change to give him a the nature of the part. character. Like with some redeem with some redeeming stuff, but it's like, how do you redeem the things that Eight Train has gone? But like, in the same note, uh, you know, I, 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 does anybody care? Like, I know that I'm the only one that's 100% up to date on The Walking Dead. Does anybody care? Like, anymore, or can I freely talk about it? You can well, do it. Yeah, I don't, up, I don't mind. It's hard news. All right, dude. because. I, <laughs> No, no, I understand, but it's, this is not news, but I'm just trying to make a comparison. Like, there would have been a you time at yeah, The Walking ahead. Dead where, where I would have thought, um, you know, that with Negan being the most despicable character in, like, the history of television with the things that he right. did, and they somehow have made a complete transformation of the Negan character where he's now not only, like, on the good side, but he's also still like like the most compelling character like on the show like whenever there's a storyline involving him is when the story is when this when the show is at its absolute best so and that's why i'm just making that parallel for a character that was despicable like a train they're now kind of trying to like give him a redemptive story like i didn't think there was any way that negan like if you went back to the beginning of season seven or i'm sorry the the whatever season where where negan's big introduction came uh yeah, I would have thought there'd be no way that there would ever be a redemptive arc for that character, but they've done it, and they've done it tremendously. So, uh, just interesting to see what happens moving forward with the board. And see, I totally, I totally disagree with that. That with Negan in particular, uh, I think from the start they had him where he could be set either or um, similar to the governor character in which, you know, the idea was, is that the character is doing what's not just in the, you know, it's all, it is in his own best interest, his own self interest, but it was also for the greater mm-hmm. good of the people that he had with him. So, you know, the Negan oh, I won't argue that with you at all. Could, could always be drawn, you know what I mean? So it was always there. That's what makes the most compelling victims, you uh, villains. You look at guys like Magneto and stuff like that throughout, like, you know, comic yeah. books in general. And all of those characters always have some, some weakness in a way that can be twisted to make them then redeemable. So, like, A-Train, like you said, you know, he is a character that has not whereas he's done some despicable things or has had some despicable actions, he is not a, he's not Homelander, you know, who Homelander. No, 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 you're not Homelander. That is completely irredeemable. There is no story (laughs) arc that I can see them ever develop that I'm going to sit there and suddenly sympathize for fucking Homelander. But A-Train, yes, they can take and turn and twist things a little bit and make it seem like, okay, you know, he's just this corporate douche and, you know, yeah, he's a dickhead, but he's not that much of a dickhead. We can try to make you feel bad for him. I just love the fact that with, like, the boys and the type of writing that they have, and we've already seen it once this season, you start to kind of feel for A-Train a little bit, and then he pulls the wool over your eyes again, and it's like, no, nah, I'm still a douchebag, you know, when he gave all that information <laughs> yeah. over to, to Homelander in the first place. So, you know, but yeah, right. I, I too am interested to see what they're going to do with that uh, with that character. 
yeah. And man, in, yeah. in Hero Gasm, when when Homelander and Soldier Boy uh, start fighting, and oh, and yeah. Butcher gets up after being when Butcher gets after Butcher like reemerges from getting initially blasted by Homelander, mm-hmm. uh, Homelander's face when Butcher turns the eyes on, like Homelander's yeah. face mm-hmm. after Anthony Starr, like his face and his whole face this season, like the actor's performance has been phenomenal. But his face when Homelander's yeah. turned on the fucking eyes was absolutely fucking brilliant. <laughs> yeah. Best moment of the episode. <laughs> Other than Blue Hawk getting what he deserved by A-Train. <laughs> like, I, I don't like the A-Train, but I kind of want to. <laughs> you know? Yes, and yeah. Yes, obviously, like, the, the Huey, the Huey, Huey and A-Train uh, moment in the kitchen or whatever that room they were standing in during he- Hero Gasm <laughs> with all the fucking shit going on on all sides of them uh, and they're having their emotional moments where like A-Train takes off his fucking face, his mask, and, and like makes his apology uh, and everything. Like, yeah. like a legit hilarious. apology. Just, like just, that, yeah, a legit apology. That like, he starts by saying I'm sorry, but as he but it's great because as he talks his apology, like he apologized at first but then he kept talking, and as he continued to talk, it's like his apology became more sincere the more he kept talking. But it's fucking yeah. hilarious. If you look around what's going on in the background, it's... Just... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All the sex happening in the background. All the sincere mm. moments and then, happening. Yeah, and, and, then we fi- and then we finally find out what happens to fucking termite. <laughs> you said we had a termite sighting? Termite. <laughs> yeah, for his cocaine, guy in town, you know. <laughs> <laughs> That's who you want. Absolutely. And I got to give it to Jensen Ackles too, a soldier boy. He's great. Like that, you know, just seeing him in that character. You know, now he's got the the beard more in shape, and he's got the shield, and he's like, yeah, I'm just gonna fuck shit up. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I'm the, the villainous Captain America very well. Yeah, yes, I was I absolutely. was curious how that was going to all work uh with them, you know, reintroducing this this soldier boy character, uh, you know, this being um fuck uh what was her name in 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 season 3? Uh it's like totally fucking escaping me right now. Oh, Stormfront. Um, Stormfront. 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 As yeah. they continue to like introduce these 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 yeah. characters with a past like Oh, another one. You know, it's like, how is this all going to work? But it, it seems to have been working uh, seamlessly and, yeah. and, and truly as the rest of the season continues to unfold, I, I'm, I'm, I'm curious to see like what direction yeah. everything goes. But I think this season has just been yeah. fantastic so far. Yeah. And then, so the, speaking and of then or- you know, and, and uh, I was just going to say, Ghoul, real quick, uh, just because you and I are probably the only ones who've seen it. So Laney and I was fu- were fucking rolling the entire time. They were fucking, you know, beating the shit out of Homelander and using this cape as a weapon because, again, you know, the Incredibles, you know, <laughs> Diva keeps yelling, no capes, no capes, <laughs> with a water grabbing uh, them by the cape, throwing them all over the fucking place. <laughs> wow. 
definitely one of the funniest <laughs> fucking scenes in that first incredible film, you know, like just uh nice little uh nice little nice little stab by Pixar, you know, that that, that was what they kinda of threw out that, that biting commentary on certain things still. Uh but uh but, but what I was gonna say real quick, because I know, you know, we're gonna be be rolling into movie time soon, you know, from from, yeah. from hero gasms and orgasms and cum shots and everything. Uh I I mean I don't think that there there's any better lead into something like have anybody has anybody here watched the Hocus Pocus two trailer? No, uh, not yet. Oh, jeez, you guys are all disappointing. So, you and me, go. Well, <laughs> to be honest, like, go in ahead. regards to that, like, aside from the fact that, yes, we have covered Hocus Pocus on the show, like, it's not something that ordinarily I would have any, in, like, I wouldn't have watched the trailer anyway, you know what I mean? It's like, I did. it's not something I'm, like, looking forward to and can't wait to watch. Like, I know it's happening. When I when the, when we covered it for the show was the first time I fucking saw it, you know? It's like, mm-hmm. it's not yeah, something that right. I was ever interested in. So, mm-hmm. so, so I guess that's the reason. And, like, yes, I would check out the trailer because I did recently for the show see the film. And we've talked about the sequel yeah. in, in the news portion several times, but but I wasn't mm-hmm. like clamoring mm-hmm. to fucking get an opportunity to see it. You know what I'm saying? Well, and so, me, I'm just skipping. You know, what kind of fucking? Uh, I, I'm just skipping any. Here's the problem: you're using your own fucking personal opinion to dictate what news you are and aren't reporting, man. You know, oh, it's fair and fucking valid, baby. That's actually like, hey, not true. This is because... part of the horror community, man. It's going on right fucking no, now. If you look, hold on. I'm sending it to the group right now. Uh, to dispute this. <laughs> what, um, new Devette Midler? No. <laughs> you sure? That it looks like a new Devette Midler. Why are you sending me news of Bette Midler, man? You know I don't like Bette Midler. This is gross, man. So I know the kid. I know the king is like probably virgin right now, but... <laughs> yeah, I can't wait. It's like those B. Arthur nudes from Airheads. <laughs> Coming in is that right now. I'm not using my personal interest, and you can see my note list coming in right now. In my news list, I do have, uh, and you can see it right there, Hocus Pocus trailer uh, with the release date because it was on my list to bring it up. So don't tell me that I'm using my personal opinions mm-hmm. uh, to shape which is, uh, well, what it is which, that we're talking about. I mean, but you did I watch, see Hocus Pocus 2 Taylor. <laughs> no, I did not. Wow, you're a handwriting dude. Are you a doctor in real life? God. So, I mean, King, let's be real. How many times in this portion of the program have I said, oh, man, I can't even read what I fucking wrote here? Uh, I say that shit all the time. I try to do this and try to scribble things down as fast as I possibly can. Uh, Yeah, no, I, yeah. (laughs) But, yeah, so, so, so you you watched it, I watched it. Is that in Hebrew? No. No, it says Creepshow comic book. Is that Russian? Creepshow comic book. I will tell you. It's English. And if you look closely, we're going to move on because it says Creepshow comic book from Skybound uh, coming September 21st. We talked about there was going to be a comic book, but now I'm here to tell you that the first issue, the first issue is going to, well, each issue, just like the the show, is going to feature two stories. And okay. the first issue is going to feature a story called Take One, 
which is like a trick-or-treat Halloween, like take one, take one from the candy bucket, uh, like trick-or-treat Halloween-based story. And then the second story in the first issue of the Creepshow comic uh, is going to be called Shingo. uh, And Shingo is the name of like a performing birthday clown. Uh, So that second story is going to have to do with a birthday clown. Cool. Okay. Cool. Then if you look down below that on my list that you can see, it says GB Afterlife sequel, as in Ghostbusters Afterlife sequel, has been given the official release date of December 20th, uh, 2023, uh, moving this one uh, ahead uh, uh, where the Ghostbusters Afterlife came in the beginning of the Thanksgiving season, was released on November 21st. Uh, They're looking to bump this one to the Christmas season. Um so they obviously have big hopes because, as we know, uh, studios like to put big-time stuff uh, in the lead-up to the Christmas break. Uh, so the sequel to Ghostbusters Afterlife will be coming uh, for the Christmas season in 2023, not this year, of course. That'll be a lot of fun. Can't wait. Yeah. Anything yes. Ghostbusters related, I'm then, a part of, but... Uh, yeah. You know, we, we have talked often on the show about the Rob Zombie uh, Munsters project, and uh, while most of the casting has been talked about, uh, I learned that the original Eddie Munster himself, Butch Patrick, uh, is also going to be in the Munsters, and he is going to be playing uh, a character that did appear on the original series called Tin Can Man, um, and also uh, Pat Priest, who... Uh, I, I don't even think I knew this or remembered this, but the original, the actress that played the original uh, Marilyn Munster uh, was only on the show for the first 13 episodes and then was replaced by an actress named Pat Priest. So uh, Pat Priest will be featuring in the Rob Zombie Munsters movie as well. So that's what's going on in the world of the Munsters. And then finally, uh, the last thing I want to talk about is uh, it's been known that uh, like a, some type of psychological thriller directed by Natalie Erica James uh, was directed uh, working for uh, uh, Platinum Dunes and John Kaczynski uh, on a, a film called Apartment 7A. And now it's starting to come mm-hmm. out that this very well might be a secret Rosemary's Baby prequel uh, about the woman who died outside of the apartment when Rosemary uh, moved in, and Apartment 7A obviously being the apartment that uh, Rosemary lived in in the original Rosemary's Baby. So, uh, secret uh, Rosemary Baby prequel may be happening, or may or has already been filmed. Possibly. Um, and now the details are starting to, to trickle out uh, in regards to that. Yes, I heard that the, 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 the people involved, that, uh, you know, the, 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 the ones that, that wanted Rosemary's Baby, I heard they're, they're staunch reporter. Uh, supporters of the, uh, the the Supreme Court decision. They will adopt that baby. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, so, yeah, Apartment 7A uh, supposedly is going to be based on the Victoria Vetri character of Terry, who, like the scene had said, uh, fell to her death uh, in Rosemary's Baby. But to me, it's like, uh, that's like a short. That's, that's like a 30-minute movie. You know, I can't imagine it being a 90-minute movie all about Terry because she's not even that interesting of a character. You know, she was kind of a drifter. You know, they, Roman and Minnie brought her in and didn't work out, and they killed her. So if that's what it is, okay, cool. But, you know, she was such a side character. didn't even really matter because she was just in and out in that movie. 
horrible death, fallen to her death from outside of the Dakota, New York City. When John Lennon got shot. Yes. Well, a couple and, of years later. You know, speaking of that, we'll adopt her baby stuff. I just sent to the group what was my uh, Twitter post today. I'm sure they'll all appreciate it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, Dean, you got me with that one. <laughs> that's a good post. Put that on the Talking Tower Instagram page. That's awesome. <laughs> got me a laugh. Of course, the stories. Yeah, they'll adopt anybody. As long as they like me. Out of those. So, anyway. So, anyway. Those are the items as we that I had on my list. So, yes, as we close out horror news, we're going into the movie part of our podcast. So, Ghoul, your pick of this week was Tragedy Girls from 2017, directed by Tyler McIntyre. So, give us a synopsis, what you thought about it, and let's talk about this thing. Uh, I mean, let's see. Uh, basically, you got uh, two, two young high school females who are operating a, a podcast. Uh, speaking of you know, like real-life serial killers and, and stuff like that. Well, when, when there is no real news for them to report or they're not getting the likes and support that they wanted, they, uh, they take to, to some killings of their own. Um, that's about it. I mean, you know, look, I, uh, you know, I just needed to pick something for the, the show, knowing that my pick was coming up, and I have a list on Shutter slash Prime that that has movies that I have not seen that I've added to the list because I thought they sounded interesting, and this kind of worked with this month due to it being Pride Month, so we get to end yeah. Pride Month with a bang, with uh, with Tragedy Girls, you know, featuring uh, you know Alexandra Ship and uh, and Brianna Hildebrand, along with Josh Hutcherson and uh, and one and only Yui himself, Jack Wade. That's Jack Quaid. Yeah. Uh, I was well, going to say Randy Sonic Quaid. Teenage son, Warhead. But, uh, the other uh, Dennis Quaid son. Yeah, of course, Negasonic Teenage Warhead. Mm-hmm. <laughs> in this movie. Yes, and uh, well, Alexander Strip, uh, Ship is also Storm in uh, Apocalypse yes. and Dark Phoenix. So I've got a couple actors. And then we have. Well, then we also have a couple other characters that are also tied to the Wolverine movies as well. So there's all kinds we'll of ties to the X-Men universe in this movie. <laughs> all right. So, Dean, what did you think about Tragedy Girls? Uh, I mean, it was fine. Uh, one, like I know this is 2017, and uh, given my work with the youth that I know that uh, it wouldn't have been the case for these girls to be uh, talking so much, so much about their, their fucking Twitter following. Because uh, that's not the realm of the young people. Uh, they would have been talking about uh, Snapchat in 2017, maybe trending into TikTok. Um, but anyway, uh, okay. like, like it was fine. Uh, you know, I didn't, I didn't not uh, like it, but I found this to be a like kind of interesting take on like the social media universe, similar but in a different way to that that um, the Black Mirror episode uh, with. Um, Bryce Dallas Howard uh, with the likes mm. and the social media. Uh, I believe it was the first or second episode from the second season. Uh, so, you know, an interesting, interesting exploration on, like, kids and social media uh, and how they use that stuff. But, um, you know, uh, like many films in our genre, like a lot of disbelievability with a lot of stuff. But uh, but it was fine, you know. You know, it's in 2017, it, it would have been uh, would have been musically, not TikTok. It did not become TikTok until 2018. 
Oh, okay. Musically. All right. So there we go. <clears throat> a little bit of an update. Uh, great. All right. So, Monkey, what did you think about Tragedy Girls? I thought this was really fun. <laughs> I thought it was witty. I thought it was full of dark humor. Um, I, I would put this, like, with a sense of humor right up there with films like Heathers and Mean Girls. Oh, yeah. And like those, like those movies, I thought it was written well enough where they didn't need to dip into sex and nudity to just give us a really good horror comedy movie. You know, yay, you know, just good old wholesome family fun here on the show. <laughs> but seriously, I thought it was a really well-written movie that, you know, was just a lot of fun. All right, awesome. Okay, and uh, as for me, like I said in last week's episode, uh, you know, this is an idea that I had back in 2014, 2015, uh, back when I was homeless and just kind of living out of hotels. I had this idea about two girls that were cheerleaders and bored with the town, so they just start killing because it's just fun. And then it leads to the prom where they have a shootout with the cops and they end up dying. Uh, it, it was very dark, you know. It wasn't really a lot of comedy. And then all of a sudden, 2017, Tragedy Girls comes out. I'm like, huh, that's really the idea that I had, but in a little bit of a different direction. Um, you know, and I liked the direction that it took. You know, I wasn't mad about it because, obviously, I'm just a lazy fucking sod, you know, who can't get anything done. So I put that idea aside, and, and ultimately I enjoyed the movie back when I saw it for what it was. Yeah, I, I, you know, I had the idea. I had casting. Like, I had written a treatment, but, you know, obviously – uh, the idea kind of formed into what Tyler uh, McIntyre directed, you know, with Tragedy Girl. So I'm not mad about it. <laughs> you know, it was a fun movie, like the monkey had said. A lot of nods to, like, Heathers, Mean Girls, and just throwing a little bit of slashers in there, you know, for, for good taste. Um, so I, I enjoyed it overall. You know, I can't, I can't hate on it. <laughs> I mean, the idea is still out there, but I'm just not going to move forward with it. But uh, Jack Quaid being in the movie, you know, we know him from Huey and the boys, but to me, he was like the Ian Ziering of 90210. Like, dude, you're fucking too old to be in high school. <laughs> like, are you in your 30s? Like, <laughs> you know, what's funny, what's funny for me is, because you know what I want, I also realize that I actually never said what my opinion of the movie is. I liked it, you know, so I, I but I'm not going to yeah. revisit yeah. everything that the monkey said. Um, because pretty much everything that he said right. is how I kind of felt with it, with the black humor and everything. But, uh, you know, being that I had never seen this before, um, and knowing him as Huey on The Boys Now made it a little easier to swallow him, I feel, watching the movie in high school. Um, yes, you know, to, to go back to the beginning of our, of our show. Batman. Um, <laughs> you know, yeah, it made it easy, like, seriously, because I have a foundation of who I, I see him as as an actor. I don't know how I would have right. felt about him in this film had I had never seen him prior. Um, so, so that mm-hmm. kind of... Uh, Good point. It's just making yeah, me easier to watch. And they yeah, did drop the line that me. he will tell back a year. <laughs> yeah. Just, uh, he five. just felt like Ian Ziering to me the entire time. Like, dude, you're way too old to be in high school, but it's fine. We're just going to go on with it. Um, but when the movie opens, we open on Sweet uh, Heart Bridge, where Sadie is getting busy, you know, with her boy toy, Craig, making out in the car, getting hot and heavy. But all of a sudden, Sadie hears a noise outside. Craig, why don't you go outside and investigate that noise? Yeah, I'm good. Like, let's just go back and make it out. Now, you fucking pussy. Don't be a bitch. 
Are you a bitch? I thought you were a oh, man. No. <laughs> just completely emasculating this, this poor kid who just wants to have sex. So, you know, with his manhood in question, he goes outside to investigate. He doesn't hear anything. He's like, you know what? Fuck it. No noise. I'm going to go back and I'm going to bang this chick. But unfortunately, he gets a machete to the forehead. So, of course, Craig doesn't really have a fun time. Sweet. You know, he almost got there, almost, almost around the second, not quite. But so Sadie <laughs> runs for her life as the killer stalks after her, the, the Rose Gale Ripper, as we find out. Um, but as it turns out, a trap has been set up by her BFF, Michaela, and they capture the killer. And they get him on a taser, totally sucks, you know, but they got him with a bat because that taser didn't work too well. And they drag him into a lair, and they reveal this killer to be Lowen Unson Layman. Great, Lowell, nice name, bitch. But, of course, <laughs> <laughs> it's a good name for the news. Layman tells him that he's going to skull fuck them while their parents watch. And, of course, <laughs> no, you're not, because we got you. We're big fans. We want you to be our trainer. We need extra followers on social media. Hashtag tragedy girls. We, you know, so they are psychopaths, <laughs> you know, who just want to have the serial killer to be their mentor. Um, unfortunately, dude, like the, of course, Sadie has given but, so many handjobs at this point. Uh-huh. <laughs> but uh, it's like them opening up with this cold open of just making out. I was like, okay, we're just going super fast into this. Like, you know, we're like wasting no action, you know, or time. And then they go straight into the machete to the head. And then when he he's chasing, I was like, okay, this is a weird-ass movie. And then when they sit there and, you know, cl- clothesline his ass literally and then fucking tasing him and shit like that. I was like, wait, whoa, whoa, what the fuck? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I was like, holy shit! <laughs> and and then his, and then they're b- bitching about how they forgot to charge the batteries for the tasers. <laughs> yeah. and they're only like half tasing them, and they keep taking turns. He's like, yep. And and yeah, Kevin Durant, who plays the the Rosedale uh, Ripper. You know, you might remember him as Keeney uh, from uh, Lost, but he's just so great in his role because he's not he's going awesome. along with anything they're saying. Like, he's like I'm going to fucking kill you, <laughs> skull fuck you. And they're like, whatever, bye, these. Like, yeah, like, putting him away because they have Craig on the slab, and Craig is still fucking alive. And they're like, fuck. All right, so we're just going to have to just dismember him, you know, and dip him in the lye and just melt his body down. Is this what you would do? Like, does this take you this long to dismember a body? And he goes, fuck you, fuck you. And I'm like, all right, all right. We're just trying to learn. Oh, and by the way, now you're down to four, not five. Because <laughs> we had to take care of They had to take care of Craig on their own. So, of course, you know, the cell phone goes off, and it's like, oopsies, got to go home, bye. And then you put them in the, you know, the storage of their lair. And they go home where, like, everything's fine. The parents also say hi to them. And say, oh, yeah, we're going to go to bed now. It's going to be fine. So, yeah, you know, kind of weighing the fact that they're doing things, but the parents don't find out, which I thought was fun. Um, but the next well, yeah, day, the girls are all is, talking what's about. What's interesting is yeah. what we find out is that they're, like, normal kids. They're not yeah. your typical, mm-hmm. yeah. 
you know, they're not your brooding fucking emo looking kid no. that, that, you know, is socially <laughs> awkward and, and not able to like actually do anything or, or, you know, be anybody in the school so that they don't have any reason to be doing what they're doing other than just the notoriety and, and the, the popularity, yeah. which, you know, I do think is, is, is a fun little thing based on like, you know, again, I, I've seen with my own kids, you know, this, this incessant desire to, to be on you know YouTube popular and to, to get likes and to, to to get this and get that you know and the funny thing is is oftentimes you know when they end up getting it it's it's not exactly what they wanted it for uh, that that's you know an unfortunate side effect I think of these these things these days but uh, but yeah you know I do feel like. Uh, the, the the Ripper character is a little bit underutilized, um, and I, I know he does yes, make a, agree, a comeback at the end of the film, but I think they could have yeah. used him more. But I guess they felt like maybe that would have weakened the the female strength of the uh, of the film. That could be so. it too. And and then to piggyback what the ghoul was saying, you know, about the stability of the kids and how they're normal kids. Also, on top of that, they have loving parents who actually like them, you know, and, you know, yes. who <laughs> want to be around them and stuff like that as well. You know, there, there's no parental abuse or alcoholic parents or anything like that. No. You know, they, they, no. they love their kids. <laughs> hey, even the trailer park dad. Oh, yeah, Michaela's you know, parents are so he's sweet. He's a loving father. They just happen to live in mm-hmm. a trailer. Yes. Yeah, and 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 he's not yeah, a and drunk, she's a, and, you know. Yeah, and she's a great kid. Where it's like you know he probably has to work nights or something like that. So she makes him dinners all the time and puts them in the fridge for him. Yeah, <laughs> I loved it. Yeah, I love the fact that the parents were completely normal. You know, Michaela's parents are so in love with her and just care about her. And then yeah, Sadie's dad, although he's a single dad, he loves her. Especially we see at the end when he's messing around with uh, um, Jordan. You know, uh, Jack's character. Uh, you know, so funny <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so we'll get there, but I love that sequence. But so the next day, the girls get to school and they're all talking about Craig going missing, and everybody's like, well, where do you think he went? What do you think happened to him? And of course, Sadie and McKayla are like, I hope this boosts our subscribers, tragedy girls. It could be a murder. Who knows? Um, but of course, Sheriff Welch comes into the class that Miss Kent's having that day and says, oh, you know what? Uh, Craig just ran away from home. And so he's like, no! Oh, wh- why are you so excited? <laughs> I mean, yeah, like, maybe, but no. You know, he did, he did, maybe he didn't run away. <laughs> Immediately, he's like, can we get recognition for these kills? Unfortunately, you know, that's not going to happen. But uh, Jordan speaks up, and he wonders when his dad, the sheriff, is going to be giving him any other information. And not going to happen. We got this under control. We're handling it. It's fine. Just be safe, kids. And that's when we also find out that Jordan is helping them edit the videos for their Twitter uh, video blog of Tragedy Girls. You know, editing videos about what a serial killer is versus a spree killer and how to identify them. So he's all in. But you can see he immediately has an affection for Sadie that Michaela really doesn't care for. Definitely but also on top of that, he, 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 he's like the horror aficionado out of the three of them, uh, where, you know, he's really, really into horror movies. And it's, uh, Sadie's into horror movies, but not as much as him. But, yeah, you know, I have a feeling King was well, probably you in high school. Like, what you think about martyrs? <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, sick. Right? Right? <laughs> I was like, yeah, Jordan, it was a good movie, but it's not that sick. <laughs> I've seen better. 
you know, I, I love the little interjections of that. Um, of course, you know, Sadie wants, uh, you know, the killer Lowell to kind of train them because, you know, they need to be horror icons. Like, how else are we going to become a horror icons if we don't have his help? And Michaela's like, dude, all we need to get is like 10,000 followers on Instagram and on Twitter, and we're going to be fine. Like, so that's all we need to really do. Uh, but we really need to get the cheer practice. And this is what, uh, like, the ghoul was saying. I love the fact that they're cheerleaders. Like, they're not emo kids. They're not goth kids. They are part of the cheerleading squad. <laughs> and really in deep with them. Um, Sylvia, who is the captain of the team, mentions to Michaela about her shoes. She's like, yeah. I don't really think if she's wearing those shoes. I mean, safety, am I right? You know, it's kind of not cool. And mm-hmm. killed that pitch. <laughs> I, was, I was waiting for a line like that. You know, but... We find uh, Michaela's ex-boyfriend, Toby, who I fucking love in this movie because he's just kind of hanging out by his motorcycle. He's like, yeah, what is life, right? Like, <laughs> uh, you need to be part of the He's playing adventure. the Dylan role, man. He's totally playing the Dylan role. It's fucking <laughs> great. You know, just Josh I love it. I, yeah, I, I know everybody right, knows yeah. him as PETA from the Hunger Games, you know, like yeah. he's, uh, mm-hmm. he's been in so, so many things. And, you know, he's one of those, uh, he's one of those actors that it, it's just funny because he's always up for anything in his roles, you know, and I know he's gotten like caught into the whole franchise thing and everything, but man, he's in a series on, uh, on, on Hulu called Future Man. And it is some mm-hmm. of the funniest fucking shit you'll watch on television, you know? And this was something that fell real far under the radar. And it is a real good time. Um, so, and, and he is brilliant in it. So it, it's well worth watching. You know, and in this movie, all he needed, aside from the motorcycle, was a guitar. And a acoustic guitar so he could play songs on it. Because he just exhales a lot. Ugh, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, but, like, but you know, every, what does every time he live? <laughs> But every time he's talking, there's this, like, sweeping score going on behind him and stuff like that the entire time. And then when someone else talks, it stops. And then when he starts to talk again, the music starts again. It's like that. And then everyone's like, oh, he's so dreamy. Oh. He's so cool. Like the the character on Twin Peaks with motorcycle. (laughs) He's so cool. (laughs) James, I love you. That's okay, baby. I got a motorcycle. <laughs> you know, but, so, yeah, he broke up with me, and then he point, went and bought a motorcycle. So, so now his cool <laughs> points went up. That motherfucker. Yeah. <laughs> so, of course, Sadie's the one that's like, you know what? Toby needs to die. Like, we need to find a plan. You know, every now and then, you just need to kill a few ex-boyfriends to get the point across, right? I get it, Sadie. I get it. So, <laughs> meanwhile, Raymond's still being held in the lair. They feed him some dog food in a dog bowl. You know, trying to plan this thing for Toby. So Michaela calls Toby and breathes heavily into a phone, and he just guesses, Jenna, is that you? Jenna, is that you? Michaela? She's like, oh, shit. (laughs) It's just four guesses. How dare he? (laughs) (laughs) He doesn't know that me? (laughs) So now they do a death-proof inspired kill. Is what they're gonna do. I love the fact that they brought that up too. Let's death proof him. <laughs> Wait until night when he's on his motorcycle. We'll chase after him. We'll shut off the headlights of our car, and then we'll lay down some spike strips. So he'll go right over it. 
And, of course, he happens to crash across all those spike strips, crashes, but he's not dead. So the girl's like, fuck, fuck. All right, well, we're just going to have to fucking stab him. <laughs> we got to end it. We got to finish this off. So they start stabbing him as the truck approaches. And McKenna's like, don't worry, I got it. You know, I'll keep stabbing him. Sadie's like, you know what, I got the truck driver. And he's like, hey, you guys need help changing the tire? No, I think we need to, we know how to do that. He's like, all right. So, take care, ladies. <laughs> you know, like they got everything covered. <laughs> and they while they're trying to kill him, you know, this is where they're showing that they're amateurs because they they keep fighting about where the heart is, and they just keep randomly stabbing him in the chest trying to find the heart. <laughs> and then Michaela, well, when she's left alone, when Sidney talks to the truck driver, of course, Toby's like, hey, if you were the one to kill me, I'm glad it was you. And as he dies, she starts making out with him. Sidney's like, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> nothing, nothing. <laughs> wasn't doing anything <laughs> you know and we got to the next day and a reporter is talking to Sadie and Michaela and we find out that Toby's death was ruled an accident despite all those pesky stab wounds that were in the fucking body like what cause does he have he was like yeah nah he just crashed his motorcycle and then just got himself stabbed a bunch of times on just kind of debris I guess so <laughs> there's a lot of this guy, but the coroner really just doesn't care. Um, He's got so a lot of holes in his chest. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and the girls talk to Jordan, and they think of ways to make the accident as to some kind of Rosedale murder cover-up. Jordan tells the girls to stop. He doesn't want to have them get hurt because there's a real killer out there. I don't want to see you girls get hurt. And they're like, hey, we're actually the killers, you dumb bitch. And you're like, nope, no, I'm going to go off. <laughs> you know. um, so we cut the prom committee and Syl recommends that the prom be toned down due to Craig and Toby being dead. But of course Michaela and Sadie are against this idea. You can't look at his No, they want to okay? Like, she she wants to skip it. She wants to skip the dance entirely. That, that's the oh, problem. Yeah. She, she you know, she wants to forego the dance, no senior prom at all, you know, and no. yeah. they're not they're not gonna have that shit. <laughs> <laughs> no, of course not. Like, and we also find out that they destroyed her lending library. So the lending library, she's like, what else am I going to do for a credit now? The lending library is destroyed. Guess we'll have to stay after school until nighttime and, and rebuild it and make it happen. That's when the girls devise a plan to kill Syl. They show up in black hoodies and wet masks on the knives. And Syl figures out that it's Michaela because of her shoes, those fucking shoes. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it, don't pick up your mask, stay in character. Uh, I'm sorry. <laughs> and, and then she puts it back on. Away. And then Kister goes back to cocking her head. You know, she actually goes back into serial <laughs> killing mode. <laughs> stay in the moment. But as Syl tries to run away, she gets tangled up in chains that pick her up and flip her upside down, and she gets sent straight into a circular saw. And the girl Locked gets splashes of oh. blood and like, Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> this still looks like an accident. What the fuck are we going to do? <laughs> but then they decide that they need to dismember her to ensure it doesn't look like an accident. So they're going to cut off her head. They're going to put it on something, you know, make it look like it's a real fucking killer sight. And the janitor <laughs> walks in at that moment. He's like, whoop, 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 whoop. Like, oh, fuck. And, you know, janitor's like, I didn't see nothing. <laughs> Keeps going on because he's distracted. <laughs> 
you know, love that janitor. Just, hey, uh, good night, whatever your name is. <laughs> so that one girl to watch out, that silver friend. Yeah, good night, you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, the, yeah. The, the, unfortunately, like you know, the the student that is kind of like her assistant, and she's really, really mean to her, you know, leading up to this, you know, and while she's trying to fix her house, she's like, you know, you know, you're fucking it up, just get the fuck out of here, you know. And so she shows up the next morning with two coffees, you know, because she's sure that she's probably yeah. still there working on it. And then, yeah, we reveal there's body parts all over the shop <laughs> and a head and a head that's like sitting on a rotary drill <laughs> and it's just spinning. The head just spinning around. Uh, fucking love it. <laughs> <laughs> this is definitely no accident. We officially have a crime scene. So, of course, Michaela and Sage are like, yes, we officially finally have one. This can't be an accident. And Jordan runs up and tells Michaela that she and Sage need to take it down a notch. Guys, I don't know what you're doing. I don't know what's going on, but you guys need to take it down a notch. And, of course, Michaela's like, yeah, whatever, Jordan. You know. And as the girls get called to the principal's office, Jordan reveals that they could be a part of this investigation. They could be impeding something. They could be involved. So you're going to have to talk to the principal and my dad. And then he tells her that he'll be Sadie's alibi. Like, I will lie and I will say that Sadie was with me all night. We were watching a movie. Uh, they were watching a Dario Argento movie. And, of course, the kid was like, Dario Arpeggio? Super Mario? <laughs> and I was like, fuck you, Michaela. It's Dario Argento. You know what it is. I hate you. <laughs> you know? I was like, yeah, it's Dario Argento. <laughs> uh, Dario, Dario. Uh, and she's like, buy these. Like, you know, I was like, yeah, stop it. You know, you know it's Dario Argento. You've seen a good movie or two. <laughs> you know? But, of course, the girls are questioned by Sheriff Welch. Uh, while the principal is like, hey, it's okay. Like, hey, it's all good. It's all good. Like, you guys are fine. Nothing's happening. We're just no big deal. We're just asking some questions. And Welch wants to know where their whereabouts were when Phil got killed. They both talk to watching a movie with Jordan. Welch obviously is angry and knows that they're hiding something, but just needs to figure it out. So Sadie and Michaela decide, oh, oh my God, oh, my God, guys, we need to spearhead the memorial for Cell. She would want it this way, okay? Like, she would want us to be a part of this, like, memorial service for her. So let's put it together. Jordan's going to put a video package together, and it's going to be really great. And that's where I got the, the Heather's vibe. Like, whenever somebody dies, they put a video package <laughs> together, and they all go to the gymnasium, and they're all super sad. Even if you didn't even know it still, you're all just like, oh, she's dead. We don't like this. Um, and we get introduced to Big Al, played by Craig Robinson, who I fucking love. And if hey, you can, I'll watch. <laughs> yeah. The big old firefighter, big you know, who shows up, and he believes that there's someone after the kids. Thanks for asking. <laughs> <laughs> but this, of course, is Craig Robinson, hot tip from, you know, Pineapple Express in the office. You know, he's going to find out who's responsible. He's got his volunteers at the fire department. They're going to find who this person is, and we're going to bring this guy down. That's a promise. So as a crowd, we're going to walk the Sadie street. We're like, keep this town safe. <laughs> <laughs> so, of course, Sadie McKay were like, well, you know, we have to fucking deal with Big Al, you know. We're eventually probably going to have to take him out because we don't want him finding out what's really going on. And meanwhile, Lowell is still in his hiding cell tied to a chair, trying to turn Michaela against Sadie, telling her that Michaela will eventually 
has to do all the dirty work while Sadie takes all the credit. And she's like, really? <laughs> I don't believe you. Whatever, Dick. <laughs> you know, we're BFFs. Never going to happen. Sadie will not betray me at all. And he's like, no, she will. Just wait. <laughs> Whatever, Dick. And you know, eventually leave because they have to stake out where Big Al is going. And, of course, Big Al getting his action with Miss Kent. Oh, hell yeah. Got to get his sex from somewhere. Because oh, he, he got to go inspect <laughs> the fire alarm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And Jordan, meanwhile, is talking to his dad about what's going on. And, of course, his dad's like, you know what? Don't worry about it. Everything's good. I don't really want to hear what you have to say. I'm so busy. Your friends are keeping me up day and night with their bullshit. So when he leaves his son alone, Jordan, of course, goes into the computers, grabs a USB port, and gets all the serial killer files that he needs to because he wants to give it to the girls, you know, just to be a good helper. Just wants to help out. Yeah. Downloading <laughs> all the shit from the police department. <laughs> he is a dutiful friend, and he wants to be appreciated. You know, we all want to be appreciated, and it's hard to see. Uh, so we cut to the gym where the girls decide that they need to take out Big Al. But he's a big fucking guy, so we'll do it. The safe word's going to be torso. So when Michaela goes in with Sadie waiting outside, Michaela forces Big Al, knocks over his water bottle. She's like, oh, my God, I'm so sorry. I'll fill it up for you. Like, it's cool. Like, it's going to work on my body. And when she her shoulders with water bottle. She's trying to act all sexy. It's so awkward and everything. It's fucking <laughs> funny as hell. <laughs> and he's not having any of it. He's just like, whatever, it's fine. So when she grabs the water bottle, she decides to drug it. So she wants him to have a drink, you know, and trying to get drugged so he can be knocked out and they can take mm. care of him better. Uh, but he doesn't want that water because he, he hears a noise and he goes off to investigate. So when Big Al returns and offers to help Michaela work out, Sadie runs in, hitting him in the back with a piece of gym equipment, which has no effect because he's, like me, a big fucking dude. You're not going to take me out with a little piece of gym equipment. I like that he starts catching shit and, like, throwing it back <laughs> at him. That's the fucking, <laughs> <the> fucking dumbbell. <laughs> and, like, here's the thing, too. Uh, like, I feel obviously Craig, Craig Robinson is is known primarily as Comedy. a comedic actor. Um, yeah, and there was plenty, there was plenty of, of 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 comedy in this scene. There was plenty of this stuff going on that was played for laughs, even with the impending doom hanging over the whole sequence. Uh, but I was like, all right, where where when 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 does the because you know I Craig Robinson, I feel regardless of whether he is Big Al the firefighter uh, or Take Your Panties Off or any of his other silly characters, is always Darryl the same fucking office, character. Yeah. Um, always <laughs> the same yeah. character. And I was like, all right, like as this was all going on, I'm sitting there like, all right, when is, when is Craig Robinson coming? When is Craig Robinson? And when, when, when they finally get him laid down and they click the switch to let the barbell fall and he screams, I was like, oh, there yeah. it is. There's <gasps> the Craig Robinson scream. Here it comes. <laughs> it's so true. You're so right. He just he has perfected that scream, where you know it's a Craig Robinson scream when he screams. But when he gets the top of his head fucking taken off, I was like, that's great. I just I love the gore effect of that scene. Dude, oh, when, it was so pretty. And just, just the, the look whole of shock on their faces. Because <laughs> they had no idea what was going to happen because they've obviously never been to a gym. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they just knew that it took him out. <laughs> All they really needed. Um, 
So Jordan shows up at Sadie's with the USB drive of all his father's serial killer files and just helping her to find out what's going on. And then the next day, Big Al's trainer shows up at the gym, and, of course, we see his body with the head caved off. So school gets canceled, and an emergency meeting is being held by Mayor Campbell. And Sheriff Welch is like, all right, you know what? We're going to have a curfew, and we just, we're going to have to just deal with this. And all the, fun, all the phones begin to buzz. And, of course, it's a photo of Big Al's crushed head. And Sadie McGill are the first one to stir up the crowd. Remember Al, remember Al, remember Al. Like, you know, the police are fucking shitty. They don't want to do anything. They're incompetent. And all of a sudden, even Mayor Campbell's like, yeah, yeah. Remember Al. <laughs> Waste no time. And getting behind, you know, these kids. Not saying, hey, listen, let's talk to the cops. Let's figure this out. She's like, no, no, fuck the cops. Remember Al. Hashtag. <laughs> Real quick. And I was like, oh, it's just such a Heather's moment. <laughs> <laughs> you would see this in, like a, you know, in that movie. Um, and then we cut to where Lowell is. He's gotten out of his strengths, and he's escaping into the night oh, no. as the march for Remember Al continues through the streets. And Michaela and Sadie also have T-shirts on, Remember Al, of course, <laughs> you know, because they got their T-shirts made real quick. As Everyone's got the signs, hashtag remember how uh, they've got big old cutouts <laughs> of his face and shit. You know, again, you know, quick job at Kinko's there. <laughs> Good job, guys. <laughs> <laughs> I know. And they're, they're so involved with it, you know. And, of course, uh, Sadie and Michaela were recording video the entire time as they're doing the march. Come follow the tragic girls. We're here for the march. Hashtag remember Al. We're here for you. We're going to do anything we can to figure out who killed him. <laughs> Um, and then as they round the corner, we find that Mayor Campbell has been killed cannibal Holocaust style, getting a pole Dude. through the fucking mouth. <laughs> Jeez, it's not and just a pole. Did you do that? Fucking, I didn't do that. <laughs> it's a fucking flagpole, man. It's not just a pole. It's a fucking <laughs> flagpole. And she's like just sitting up there, you know, on that motherfucker, like, you know, out the mouth and in the ass, you know, just halfway down that flagpole. <laughs> oh, it was like, if you've seen Cannibal Holocaust, anybody out there that's listening, yes. like, it's exactly that moment of that woman on that pole sticking out of her mouth. I was like, yeah, that's clearly a call to Cannibal Holocaust, and I was here for it. I loved it, you know, because, you know, it was such a classic homage. But, of course, it was Lowell. He's escaped, and now reporters are swamping Sadie and Michaela as they worry that Lowell is now making everything about him, and is he going to come after them? You know, probably. I would imagine he's probably pissed off that he's going to be coming after the girls. So Sheriff Welch talks about how he just, can't get a draw of these people, you know, who did it. So he tries to get a sketch, and he draws like shit. So, like, you, you suck at drawing. Like, that's not <laughs> what the killer looks like at all. Like, what is Should that? you maybe hire somebody? He's like, well, I don't know. <laughs> to do this. <laughs> yeah. So we cut to Jordan, who decides that he just had enough. He, he just can't do it anymore, and he no longer wants to help them with anything. He's taking his father's side on all of this. So while Michaela is telling Sadie to leave him, Jordan takes Michaela's cell phone, the secret one that she has in her backpack. And that night, Michaela argues with Sadie and goads him into killing, goads her into killing Jordan because she discovered that her cell phone's missing. So if I'm going to go down, you're going to go down. We just need to fucking kill him. That's all that needs to happen. So Sadie 
is like, uh, I think Lowell is the bigger threat, right? Like, uh, not Jordan, but in the end, Sadie decides that she has to do it. You know, she has to go find Jordan and kill him in his house while his father's so asleep she, downstairs. So, so she goes over there with her big old Rambo-style knife to go take care of business. Yeah. So she arrives at the house, and she's like, hey, I just wanted to see you. Uh, and with her knife at the ready, Jordan tells her that his mom's death was never ruled a uh, murder, and he thinks despite it sounding crazy, Michaela killed his mom because he had snuck into the school and read her psychological file. He swept her cell phone. All things are pointing to her, even though it sounds crazy. Um, so Michaela must be the Rosedale killer. Well, Sadie's like, you know what? Let's just make out for a while. Is that cool? And he's like, yeah, all right, that's going to distract me completely. So let's just go ahead and make out. And that's when Wayman <laughs> arrives, and Jordan goes, oh, there's somebody at my door. I better go answer it. And when he answers his bedroom door, Wayman is there with a machete and stabs Jordan almost fatally. Sadie smashes Wayman with a chair and stabs his foot as he tries to fight back. And then Michaela outside, who's been watching the whole thing, grabs a rocket, smashes it through the window, which, which uh, wakes up Welch. Welch grabs his gun, fires at Layman, who jumps out of the second-story window to escape. Welch tends to his son. Sadie manages to destroy the cell phone that Jordan had. Like, just covering up evidence. Nobody's going to care about this. <laughs> you know, and just, you know, just put it away. And we cut to two weeks later, and Sadie is recognized as the hero. She put an oh. end to the Rosedale Ripper once and for all. And she's referred to by reporters as the tragedy girl. Singular. Oh. Not tragedy Uh-oh. girls. Tragedy girl. And well, makes no mention well, of Michaela in her speech. Well, because she says, well, she starts her with her speech of, well, it's actually, and then she completely stops and then goes on to say about how she, she, We'll do whatever it needs to to stop the evil that's in the town. <laughs> yeah. So it's like, oh, And, of course, you see Michaela shit. in the crowd, like, fuck you. And, we, of course, since this is a little bit later, the prom's happening, and we find out that Sadie is going with Jordan to the prom. And like I said earlier, Jordan arrives in his piece of shit car, goes to the door, and, of course, Sadie's dad's like, yeah, you here to take up my daughter? Yeah? Really? You going to bring her home on time? Really? Got a gun. Like, you know, like, yes, sir. Uh, my father's a sheriff. He's like, yeah. You think I care? <laughs> I love her father during this entire sequence. And when she gets picked up, all of a sudden he just smiles and closes the door. <laughs> like, yeah, crazy. Like, you know, just fuck with him the entire time. You're not being serious. Um, so Jordan and Sadie arrive at the prom, and Jordan apologizes to Sadie for saying Michaela could be the killer, and it was just stupid of him, and, you know, he'd do anything to make it up to her. And all of a sudden, both of them are nominated prom king and queen. So it's like, oh, shit, all right. Oh, you know, it's, holy shit. But <laughs> what we forgot to mention, boys, is that Michaela is also going to the prom, looking very beautiful, very sweet, but her prom date is Layman, the serial killer. Off to the prom, Layman. <laughs> yes, dear. <laughs> And he has oh, a mirror and a jacket <laughs> ready to go. Like, again, like I, the lo- I, said, I love that I part. More <laughs> I wanted more Wayman at this point. I was like, I love the fact that he's got the boot near. He's taken into the prom. Um, while Sadie and 
uh, Jordan have a dance together. Miss Kent has it outside for a cigarette. She sees Michaela waiting for a friend, and she's like, what are you doing out here? Are you okay? And that's when Lowell shows up. And as Miss Kent tries to escape, Michaela fucking viciously kills her. And she's like, yeah, out of sight, out of mind. One more body scares. <laughs> and as Jordan is sitting with Sadie trying to talk to her about the future, Michaela texts her photos of Miss Kent's dead body all decorated with crosses over the eyes. Like, hey, Betsy killed Miss Kent. Like, okay. So definitely going to have to find Michaela now and find out where she is. So she goes away from Jordan, finds Michaela, donning a neon pink mask with black X's over the eyes. Michaela talks to her about how (laughs) when they were kids, they killed Jordan's mom. They murdered her. (laughs) Didn't see that one coming. We killed her. Remember that? Remember when we killed Jordan's mom? She's like, well, that was an accident. She's like, it wasn't. It wasn't an accident. We murdered her. You knew that we well, murdered her. A, and, of course, Jordan is outside listening. There was a drop time earlier in which they say mm-hmm. that Jordan's mom had died in an accident and that, you know, she was just driving two little girls home. You know, so, mm-hmm. like, you yep. know, at the, at the time, I, 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 yeah, I, I, I had suspicion that they would have been involved in some way, but not to that extent. And especially when they start showing, like, clips of it, you know, because you see these little girls. <laughs> yeah. It's just, it was like, wow, man. But, you know, like I said to the, to the cool girl regarding the movie, you know, the uh, I really love the fact that they just kind of made them just, just fucking not... Psychos. Not... Full on, but they weren't like full on over the top like female no. psychos, you know. Right. They were just right. psychotics, and it was fucking awesome, you know. I, I just love that they didn't play on the typical female tricks. <laughs> I, I definitely appreciate it. Um, my only thing that I would have added is that when Jordan sees that Sadie walks away, he goes to follow her, and he hears the conversation. I kind of wanted it so that Sadie saw Jordan listening to the conversation mm. so she could just kind of make up her own play. Like, but it was an accident. Like, we didn't, I didn't do anything, you know, and, of course, she knows Jordan's listening the entire time, so she could constantly play the victim. Like, Michaela, you were the one that did it. I didn't do it. Like, it was an accident. And, of course, you know, no, when Jordan but... finds a way, she could be like, oh, no, you know, Michaela was. Like, you know. <laughs> Yeah, but Michaela well, the was the one that is, said, look, you're, you're the one that did it. You were the one that was stone cold about it after the fact. You know, exactly. I was the one that was sh- <laughs> yeah. shaking up. You know, Michaela was the one going, you know, <laughs> I was nervous that every knock on the door was going to be the police. You were the one that was cool and calculated about it the entire time. <laughs> yeah, well, she's definitely the sociopath of it. You know what I mean? As, as far as things went. Um, you know, like, uh, the funny enough, too, is I was really thinking at this point – that, you know, throughout the course of the movie, that this was their entire plan the entire, the whole time. Everything was all okay, about getting, yes. you know, getting the serial killer so that ultimately they'd be able to blame all of the murders on him. And that all That's of what them, I was like, thinking even the whole, the whole prom thing, having him as the prom date, like each and every, like I didn't even think their fight was real. Like I figured all of that was just all stage stuff. But I'm kind of glad they, they subverted my expectation with that. And, and instead they, yeah. they did make it uh, an actual thing and then had them reconcile too. Because at this point, Layman enters the room with a machete in hand and he plans to kill Sadie. 
And Michaela was like, yeah, no, like that's, that's not part of the plan. I mean, she's off limits. And that's when I'm Jordan runs in to save kill Sadie you too. <laughs> you know, of course, kill Landon's you. like, I'll kill both of you. Like, I don't care. <laughs> you know, everybody, well, I, no I love how fast he turns on Michaela, too. He's just like, you know, what do you <laughs> yeah. think? I forgot what you fucking did to me? Like, come on. I'm going <laughs> to fucking you to shreds, too, bitch. <laughs> you fed me dog and as, <laughs> Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, and as Lemon turns on Michaela at that point, you know, this leads to her pulling a gun out of her purse and shooting Layman, you know, killing him as he falls off the stage. So, of course, the girls reconcile, I love you, I love you, I'm so sorry, like, you know, it's fine, like, you know, we're friends again, and I love you, we're never going to let go. And Jordan pulls her <laughs> away from Michaela and tells her, listen, you've got to call the police. Michaela killed my mom never and go. ruined my fucking life. So, <laughs> listen, I love you, Sadie, I love you. Like, let's just get away never from Michaela, she's a maniac. And Michaela just has that moment where she's like, you know what, you know nothing about me. And wraps a noose around Jordan's neck and then kicks him off the stage, hanging him. I was like, oh, Sadie, you motherfucker. (laughs) Cold-hearted bitch. It was just such a great moment because Jordan thought he could change her. No, she's a psychopath. (laughs) You're not going to change her. You definitely didn't know anything about her, so now you're going to hang. So with Jordan dead... Sadie puts on an Ian Green mask. Go ahead, monkey. Yeah, yeah, I was going to say, you know, while, she's, while he's just hanging there and, she, you know, she, she's just, you know, watching him hang, you know, Michaela just, you know, not even looking at her, just pulls out a mask. She had a mask planned for her, you know, <laughs> yeah. like, yeah. here you go. go, here's yours. <laughs> and I was like, oh, so that is awesome. <laughs> I felt so bad, <laughs> you know? dude. I, I really did. Oh, for you know, absolutely. Like, uh, yeah. I, I truly did it. Yeah. He, he, again, yeah. it's Huey playing a, a nice guy, and I really do hope that uh, that the actor doesn't get like typecast too much into that, you know, because he does have the look mm-hmm. and, he, and, and he does play the role very well. Um, so, so for his but, sake, yeah. I do hope he uh, finds his way to, to, to expand that a bit. Yeah. On the flip side, though, being able to play a good character that good. I'm pretty sure he'll be really good at also playing just one hell of a fucking villain, though, as well, you know. Oh, uh, completely, yes. I, especially seeing him in this season of The Boys, once he takes that V, and you see him looking at his arm as they leave Russia. I think he has a turn that he can make where he just cares yeah. more about his powers than anything else. Like, I would love to see that. I would love to see Huey turn to the dark side, you know, having superpowers. But, you know, they're, they're still keeping him in that lane of where he's like, I just want to protect you. <laughs> so we'll see what happens on, on the boys. But, yes, I, I completely agree with uh, the ghoul. I hated seeing Jordan die because he did nothing but care about Sadie the entire time. You know, he, he wanted to save her. He wanted to protect her. And he ends up dying because he loved her. And she had no feelings for him. Uh, so after he's hung, we have the neon green mask being put on to Sadie. We have the gymnasium being locked where the prom's going on <laughs> and the fire breaks Shades out. of Carrie. Carrie style. Oh, <laughs> yes, yeah. Exactly. Shades of Carrie. And I love the fact yeah. that Sadie Michaela texted out pictures of the doors being chained shut to show that they're not getting out. Everybody in the gymnasium is going to die. 124 people died that night, you know, as those pictures being sent out of the doors being locked. And then we cut to months later 
in the aftermath of the prom fire. Sheriff Welch has resigned from his position as sheriff, and he's going to focus on charity work. Layman takes the fall for all the murders. And, of course, what happens to Sadie and Michaela? They become fucking famous as hell. Millions of followers <laughs> on Twitter, book deals, a Lifetime movie. They're being interviewed by every major outlet that you could possibly think of because of what happened. You know, of course, Michaela hates the fact that she wore a bad top during the interview. You know, so, no, no, you look good. <laughs> you know, and the girls are now heading to college with full scholarships and creating a new blank slate from their past into the future away from Rosedale. The only thing I will slide with the goo on, because it is Pride Month, I was waiting for them to kiss at the end of the movie. Because they only have each other, and they're in love with each other, and I would love to have just ended it with them in the car, heading away, big old kiss. They're the natural-born killers. You know, just would have loved it, but they didn't do it. They just kind of ended with them driving away. You know, I, I don't know if I saw – you know, I think I would prefer them keeping it as a, a platonic relationship between the two girls. Yeah. I think uh, keeping it that way will <coughs> will allow for yeah. it to not be turned into a quote-unquote super-sexualized fantasy for fanboys out there. You know, as it is, That's there a good point. plenty of them That's out there that are all for it. But keeping it this way, you know, I can look at it as a horror fan and say, you know, these two girls were legitimate fucking psychos that killed motherfuckers <laughs> and totally got away with it. And I dug it. You know, I know both of these actresses have come out. Um, they, they are both. They both yep, identify yeah. as, as yep. gay. I know Brianna, I do believe, has kind of gone both in both directions throughout the course of her life. Yes. But yes. I, I think as of right yep. now is is pretty much just, just going with the, the gay route on it. But... Hey man, you know, again, people, yeah. people are all kinds of flexible. Uh, love who you yeah. love. Yeah, but and in the meantime, we got a cool, fucked up Thelma and Louise, man. <laughs> that's, what we, yeah. that's what we got. I would love a sequel to this. Um, I don't know if I would like a sequel. I think it's kind of good this way it is, you know. And I know a lot of people online when I looked up this movie were like, "Yeah, where's Tragedy Girls 2? I'm like, yeah. It would just be more the same, I think. It would be them in college and getting away with murders in college. Like I, just, I don't know. I, just, I think leaving it as a one-and-done works. Um, I mean, they could have gone the Poison Ivy, Harley Quinn route, you know, having them get together. They didn't. You know, they're, just, they're best friends, and they're going to go and, and have fun. But I think leaving it as a one-and-done just works. Because like, how, you just really can't top it. It's, it's fun the way it is. It's enjoyable. You know, it's just... I don't really think there's much more story that you could tell those two characters. They're going to go and yeah, I mean, live their lives as famous podcasters. Yeah, maybe going by, by if you were to take the story and just continue it from where this ended. But, I mean, you know, if you want to take it and take it into the future a little bit, you know, maybe they mm-hmm. can find something else. I mean, it all depends on, on the writer and, and what he can come up with. You know, I, I think he could – you know, we've seen with other – you know, franchises, you know, serial killer style franchises. Look at Jason, look at Freddy, you know, all of that. And look at the Scream series. You know, who would have said in 1996 that we were going to see six Scream movies over the course of fucking 30 years, you know? Um, (laughs) No, never, never. I mean, I was was surprised it kept going after part two. 
Yeah. Or if you sit there and want to keep going because this was came out five years ago, give it another year or two, and then have them be moms with their own little girls or something like that, and then have it be this weird fucked up family tradition. Okay. Uh, yeah, I could see that. That, that could, could easily be that as well. I mean, I think they'd still be probably a little too young to have kids old enough to, to be joining in yeah. on the uh, mm. the excitement <laughs> yeah. and fun, but. Uh, <laughs> I'm sure they can come up with. Like you said, it's, it's all going to come down to writing. So, so if the the writer feels like he's got something to do, I'm sure he'll put it out there, and uh, yeah, hopefully, it's it is something that is uh, entertaining. All right. So as we close out with Tragedy Girls next week, Dean, your film pick is up. What do you have for us? Uh, yes, it is. My film pick is up, and I will tell you uh, what I have for us. We are. Uh, going to take a trip. It's been a while. Uh, no. <laughs> Low-hanging joke. Uh, we're going to take a trip to the far east, and we're going to check in. We're going to check in with Takashi Miike uh, and take a look at his 2001 film, The Happiness of the Katakuris. The Happiness of the Katakuris. The happiness okay. of the Kata Curry. Kata uh, okay. I mean, I, I know him from the audition, so. Yeah. A- any, yes. any specific location to find the movie the for, for, for anybody Tubi. out there? Tubi. It is on Tubi. Tubi. And if you want uh, to go in an hmm. ad-free direction, uh, it is available uh, for cheap rentals on uh, Prime for two ninety nine. It's on YouTube for a dollar ninety nine, and Google Play for a dollar ninety nine. So there are HD rentals for cheap if you want to not watch it with ads. Okay, well there we go. So we have some options: a two thousand one Japanese musical comedy horror film. Yeah, just watch it on TV. Yeah, Save yeah. the money. Yeah, I'm gonna watch it on TV. <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> the ads are fine. I'll, I'll definitely watch it on TV. All right, so that's what we're going to be watching next week. The Dean Pick, The Happiness of the Katakus, directed by Takashi Miike from 2001. All right, uh, thank you so much for joining us for the episode, Dean. We'll see you back here next week for your pick. Oh, thank you. I will look forward to participating in the program. Excellent. All right, Monkey, why don't you go ahead and sign yourself off? Thanks for listening tonight and letting me come in your ears. Good night, everybody. Mwah! Mwah! <laughs> Bill, kisses for you, monkey. Mm. Oh, all belly kisses. You think? All right. <laughs> Love that belly button. Nom, 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 nom. All right. So go ahead, go and sign yourself off. Coming in your ear, coming in your dumpster. We're, we're, we're just coming at you from, from all directions. And people are licking people's belly buttons and, and, and all kinds of stuff. But uh, come to anyway. So have, have a great night, everybody. Stay scared. Tummy sticks. As always, I'm your old pal, King of Andy G. Thank you. So much for listening to this episode of the show, talking about tragedy girls. Next week, we're we're taking on a Japanese comedy horror musical. Who knows where we're going to end up? But I'm looking forward to it. As always, hail Satan, hail yourselves, hail odorous. And we'll see you back here next week for the Dean's Pick.